Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. All right, so today I'm sitting here with one of my newest business partners. We've been heading up masterminds, leadership masterminds together for salon owners, which has been so much fun. Christine Zielinski, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much, Tina, for having me. It's an honor to be here, and I'm looking forward to the next hour with you. Yes, me too. I cannot wait for people to hear your story because you have such an incredible story of adversity. You're just a comeback kid. And so I can't wait for everyone to hear about you. But I want to introduce Christine. She's a salon owner. She's a stylist, an industry speaker. She's a trainer. She's a leadership expert. She's also a fellow John Maxwell coach along with me as well. And her career began in 1990 at Vidal Sassoon, and her experience with Vidal Sassoon led her to a New York salon, and she was also accepted as an instructor at the Academy in Santa Monica, and she taught all program levels and developed a gift for coaching and mentoring, and uh, Christine, I'm so glad that you're a part of this, but talk about your journey to get to where you are now. Oh boy, that's a loaded question. I know it is. <laughs> You're like, where do I start? Where do I start? Well, I'll first tell the story because I think that there's a lot of stylist salon owners that can relate to the very beginning of my story. And the very beginning goes back when I was in school. And um, actually I did a TED talk about this. And it's it really about um, how I came to discover the hairdressing industry. And that was through my adversity um, as a child of not being great academically. And I have a learning disability of dyslexia and a slow auditory processing, which I soon discovered is actually from a mold um, allergy. And so, but I did not know that when I was a kid. And so I struggled with learning um, as a child and I sort of had this sort of this heavy feeling of like, you know, I'm not smart enough or I'm not this or I'm not that, but I was always very creative. And I always found myself in, in the arts and in the art room and not in school. And so um, I... I remember my mother trying to push me into uh, dentistry and trying to be a dental assistant. So when you told me that you were in that field, I was laughing. That's awesome. <laughs> and I went into vocational school at that time and we visited the cosmetology room and I looked at my mother and I said, forget about that other room. I want to be in here. And <laughs> so she said, okay, you know, go ahead, let's do it. So I signed up for cosmetology school and it was the best decision that I could have ever made for myself. I, I, I think I really just from the moment I touched hair, I knew that it was going to be a lifelong journey. And, uh, I got out of cosmetology school and I spent 
about it about two years going to local salons and on several occasions there were people coming in from distributorships and manufacturers and instructors coming in and I looked at the people that were coming in and I said I want to do what they're doing like how do you do what they do like they're going around and learning and teaching and I want to do that so I my sister worked in Manhattan and I spoke to her and I was telling her, I was putting these collages together, these fashion collages together, just like on the side. And my sister said, well, it looks like you should maybe, you know, take a venture into the city. And my parents are completely, they should live in Texas. They're, they're so country. And <laughs> so they would be the first to tell you don't go into New York it's dangerous you know so we only lived it outside you know an hour outside Manhattan and so my sister was working in fashion and so she brought me in and I started interviewing and I I went to probably about six salons the two that really stood out were Oscar Blonde and Vidal Sassoon and those were the two that I had pointed out that I really would like to go either one. And I interviewed for, for Oscars. And then I went to Vidal Sassoon and interviewed for Vidal. And that won me over. That was the place that I wanted to work because the images on the walls, um, the conversation that I had with Etienne, the manager at the time, just really showed me that there was fashion was involved, there was a high caliber, a high standard. Um, and I think more, there was a lot that I didn't know. And I have this uh, sort of real hunger for growth that that's where I really found, I was able to be myself and I was able to be around other people that had that same feeling that they just wanted to be the best that they could be at their craft. And I just instantly felt like I was at home. And so wow. that's kind of where my journey started. And I could remember my interview when Etienne was asking me all these questions about fashion. And I was young and I wasn't from the city, so I didn't really have the answers of what he was asking me, but my response was really i don't under i don't really know everything about fashion but i will tell you that i will scrub every chair in here with a toothbrush if you ask me to because i have really good work ethic and so that was pretty much what i told him and so that wow. was my that was my starting journey at Vidal soon <laughs> Okay, so here's this little girl that, I mean, I'm going to call this be a high achiever because, you know, here you are, you know, you're, you're thinking, okay, I'm not smart enough for regular school, whatever, right? And I'm just the opposite. I'm growing up as a kid thinking I'm not creative or artistic. I remember being in art class and the teacher telling me I was terrible at drawing. And so I never wanted to ever draw again. You know, so mine was just the opposite as yours. So here we are. And then we're both in the beauty industry, which is funny. And so there's hope for people who can't draw. Right? <laughs> exactly. so, you know, business, I'm on the business side for sure. So, and I, I love this because 
you are all okay not many people choose the highest level to go and here you were you had this high achiever so number one you chose a, you had a high standard for yourself and you start chasing down Vidal Sassoon salons people don't do that right so what made you do that like what's that untold story with you Christine that you choose always the best for yourself and you hire Paul Martinelli the most expensive <laughs> coach in all of John Maxwell and you're like okay I'll do this because I only want the best and what caused you to make to think higher of yourself Christine well I will say that there's always been a pull in you know, even when I was in school and I felt like I wasn't, maybe I wasn't the smart enough kid at what was happening. You know, maybe I, I'm not the smart enough at, you know, the smartest kid at math or maybe, but there has always been um, a voice inside of me that says you, I, I've always had this just big vision. I've been a visionary my whole life. Um, my dad was um, an entrepreneur. He owned a construction company. My mom uh, raised five children. I was the youngest. And when she raised me, she was working. She was one of the, uh, the highest paid saleswomen in Prudential at the time. And so she was a go-getter. And so my parents felt bad that they worked when they had me. And I thought that they were the best heroes in my life. Mm. And so it's interesting because my mother said, I always felt guilty when I worked. But then when I would ask you, you would say, go for it, ma. And that's exactly what happened. So, you know, I grew up with these two heroes, my dad who worked really hard and my mom who worked really hard. And so for me, growing up with that work ethic, I didn't. I wasn't the type of kid that I felt needy, like my parents had to be there 24 seven. I was a really independent child growing up. And um, I just always had a pull to be better, do better, you know, create more, be more. And I think mm. that came from, you know, my hardworking parents. Wow. Okay, this is huge because some people don't have hardworking parents, right? But God created us all to be perfectly and wonderfully made, to be divine. Yes. And you saw that already in yourself. For and sure. so sometimes we have to like speak to ourselves and say these things. So I put down, uh, be a we should all be a high achiever because we are high. God didn't create junk, no. right? And so I put number one, have a high standard for yourself right choose yeah, a high standard sure. and choose choose the best of the best of people to be in your life to speak into your life and I put number two hire the best coaches like truly invest in yourself and then I put number three I love what you said Christine be a visionary be your own hero and be a hero you are a hero everyone listening to this you are a hero so be that visionary and then I put number four be a be independent. We all need to have that independence to be more. And so what's that untold story for you? Because you said, I always was independent. So speak to someone right now that's kind of dependent upon their parents, dependent upon everyone else in their life to be the person that they are. Talk to them about being more independent. How could they do that? 
Well, one of the things that I'll say is even though, because you said, well, they might not have hardworking parents. So I'll give you an example. Even though my parents were hardworking, my mom had mental illness, talking about mental illness. And um, it, I can remember it during my high school years that she went, she actually had to be hospitalized. And um, so it was a very traumatic experience in my life where I had to, my dad was a contractor. He had a big company, you know, he wasn't home. I was the youngest child and all of my siblings are much older than me. So they were out of the house. So it was like, you know, listen, girl, you better get your big girl panties on here and, mm. and pull it together. Like this is, this is, you know, a time for you to step up and, you know, prove to your parents that you can, be brave and you can have the courage that it takes to, to do this. So I think that that taught me at that time. And if I were to going to say to, to the audience about like being independent, it's, it's really about taking the steps and having the courage to leap in the most uncertain times, because when you move, and I always draw, I now envision, you know, if you take, if you close your eyes and you think about if you were to picture yourself on a lake or down a stream, and if you're sitting on a boat in a lake, the scenery never changes. It's always the same and you get more of it, more of the same. The boat just goes around in a circle, but you see the same thing over and over. But when you move downstream, you get a new scenery and you have new things to look at and new opportunities to approach. And so I feel like if you could find the courage and you could dig deep inside of yourself to take just the first step, you're going to see new scenery. And when you see that, that's what creates the new opportunity. Wow. This is so good, Christine. I love the boat analogy. Okay. So I put down uh, number five, get your big girl panties on. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's so funny because some people just won't put their big girl panties on. You know, I, it took me a long time to get my big girl panties yeah. on, you know? And, and so talk through that process, because I love the fact that you said, you have to have that courage to be a high achiever, but it's easier said than done to just, okay, here's some courage thrown into you, but you, you gave some real good practical advice is take the first step. And, and I think it goes back to challenging our capacity, you know, and we always talk the law of the lid. And, and so here's this little girl with dyslexia and now she's talking on Ted talk I mean, everybody wants that opportunity as a speaker, but you took it. You're such, you're my hero in so many ways, the way that you really uh, push yourself beyond like your limits, so to speak. So talk through that process. Talk to someone right now that's thinking, you know what? I don't want to challenge my capacity. I, I'm much more easy to just stay in status quo, being comfortable. I'd rather be a victim than a victor. Talk to that process of how to really, really challenge your capacity. I'm gonna take you through to 2014. Um, 
I was now, I think Paul, our mentor says, you could be stuck at, you know, 20,000, you could be stuck at 30,000, you could be stuck at 1 million, you know, stuck is stuck, right? So no matter how much income you're generating, no matter where you are in your life, there are different levels of stuck. And so when I, well, go back to 2014, I had the salon then uh, for 14 years. I had gone through strategies training. So seven years of uh, working with Neil Dukoff. I went through his coaching program twice. That was a funny story. Um, and I decided not to be a coach at the time because I've always been torn between this side and my creative side. And, you know, I don't like to be torn between the two, but sometimes they just don't go together. And so I... I just decided that I did not want to spend all my time on coaching. I really love the craft and I want to be in with the people, but I want to learn and develop myself. And so I didn't stop doing that. I spent more time develop, developing myself within Davinus as a, a guest artist. And I started traveling back and forth to Italy and I was traveling around the country doing seminars. And I was really, I, I had, if, if somebody were to look at me from the outside, they would say, wow, she has it all. Like she's really working with, I was working with Angelo Seminara, you know, going back and forth to Italy. I mean, I really did have it, but I didn't have it. I didn't have, what was in here. So I had the physical part, but I was missing something. And in 2014, I decided that I'm stuck, but it's not my craft. And if I keep working so much on my skill, I'm going to get better out here but I'm not going to get better in here. And it's in here where I want to get better. And so what I noticed is companies that I started working for and that I came from, I started to notice a little bit of leadership deficiency. And I was asking myself questions like I'm having challenges in my own company. I see other companies are having this challenge. So there has to be more to this. Like, what, what are we missing? So I started to form a leadership group within my company. And I started to create PowerPoints from John Maxwell's books. And then all of a sudden, I as I was researching his material, ping, the Facebook ad started coming up. And then that's when I spoke to, to you on the phone, Tina. Mm -hmm. And I joined the John Maxwell program. And I could tell you that I was at a point where you could, you could be doing really well and then all of a sudden lose your footing and your confidence and feel like you don't have it all together like you thought you did. And it was then that I started to dig my roots further in the ground. And before I felt like if you could picture a tree, I felt like I was going up, but that tree, if a storm came, it was gonna tip over any time. 
because I was building, um, I was building an empire on sand, so to speak. Mm. Yeah. And so, and I did not to mention that I'm a single mom since 2009. And so I was doing all that I was doing, traveling, building a company without a partner, which is, you know, travel, it was very challenging. And then when I took the leave of absence from Davinus, they came to me and they actually offered me a job to be head of education for the U.S. And I turned it down because... I felt like I wasn't going to be a good leader at home and that I needed to work on myself. Like if I was going to do something like that, I wanted to be fully grounded and 100%, you know, knowing who I was and how I wanted to show up in the world. And I didn't feel that way. So I took some steps back. And my, my dad got diagnosed with a terminal cancer. So I spent two years um, sort of grounded. And then after he passed away, it was a big awakening for me because he was my number one cheerleader. So, and, you know, it's kind of hard to explain, but I wasn't sad in a way. I was sad because I lost my dad. But to be honest with you, I feel like he gave me wings and he like got on my back and said, baby, you better go. Just keep flying, you know, just go. And now fast forward, then I had been with the John Maxwell team for two years. And I had really built Salon Concrete up based on teaching people how to cut hair. So I produced amazing hairdressers and I didn't have the security and this is really important for the, for the listeners. I didn't have the security as a leader to have a place for them to grow to. Mm. And so what happened was they, they grew, I was here and they grew to here, but I didn't have anywhere for them to go. Because the only thing that I knew how to do is I didn't know how to scale up. I only knew how to, how to teach them how to be the best hairdressers that they could be, but without, without taking the ceiling off. Hmm. So, and that was because I had a lid on my capacity. And so I needed to grow myself. And I remember I was trying to really pour into the staff I had. I was doing leadership um, meetings and mentoring. I had my coach come in and do mentoring, but I I was pouring into the wrong people that weren't ready for what I was delivering. And they were amazing stylists. And, you know, many of them left and, started to build their own companies and you know they're probably some of them are doing really well but it, it was very sad because uh it takes a lot out of you when when that happens and you lose people especially when you put that much heart and soul into the people that you're working with. and i see it a lot happening with salon owners and 
It's something that really feels like it takes you down. It's devastating. You take it very personal and it's hard. And uh, I remember going to the John Maxwell, uh, one of the first seminars in 2015 and him saying, you, in order to have a 10 dream, you cannot have a four team. <laughs> and I thought, oh boy, okay. So the, the team that I have are good, but what got me here is not gonna take me there. And I've changed. And so how do I recreate my company based on the fact that I'm changing? You know, what do I do? Like, because yeah. my vision is different. I want different. And so I had a few uncomfortable years of change of, you know, letting people go. Um, of course, the trickle down effect, you know, I, um, one went and it was like an avalanche. And uh, I think because I'm very, um, diligent and persistent with growth. I mean, I mark it off on my calendar. It's part of my, my every day. You know, I have five areas that I want to grow at and every day I spend an hour and a half on one of those areas. Wow. So I'm very intentional about it. And so based on the growth that I've had in the last several years, I would say that um, it's really been a blessing and it's been challenging now because I realize that I have it right now. I have an incredible team and I realize the skills still that I have to learn like, okay, I have, I've learned this leadership. It doesn't mean I have it down. You know, I, I, I still have to learn to scale. I need to learn how to create partnerships. I need to learn. There's in all the learning that I do, and I feel like this is so important for people to recognize, is be curious, be more curious. And when you feel like you know it, be even more curious. Mm -hmm. Because there is so much out there that we don't know. Wow. Okay. This is so good. All right. I want to go back to this because um, you said, take the first, so I put this number six, take the first step, get unstuck, figure out what's missing. And I think that just goes for any human being. If you're alive, there's something missing. And it goes back to, you know, we, we have our course, Sean and I, which is the next level salon ownership. It's a six month course. We spend the entire first month, but really we could spend a couple of years on this of fixing your foundation. And you talked a lot about that because leadership is an inside job, period. And so what, what's that untold story for you? Because I, I want to back into this, the fixing, fixing your foundation a little bit because we, we can't we can't graduate from that. We've got to be able to really get our roots deep in the ground. And I love that you said that because I always use the analogy of our home here in Marco Island of, you know, the poles are 20 feet down in the ground. Thank God they are because Hurricane Irma hit a couple of years ago, our house would not be standing 
because the eye of the storm hit Margo Island, Florida. And so the whole island is standing, except for the buildings that were built in the 1970s with no foundation, which yeah. reminds me of the businesses that are not going to still be standing after this coronavirus hits, right? So talk a little bit more about that. What's, what it would be your challenge to everybody to fix their foundation to get started on this? The main reason why I called my company Concrete to begin with was because of that. Because, because of my inspiration from Vidal Sassoon and my inspiration of growing up a, a daughter of a builder. So I, I always had um, all kinds of architectural drawings everywhere and being mm -hmm. with Vidal and understanding how he was inspired by architecture. I really wanted my company to be built based on a strong foundation. And so that was where the name Concrete even stemmed from. And so all the workshops and things that I do are about creating your foundation and, and really making sure that basic fundamentals are really in place. And so what happened was in that two, 2014, when I said something was missing, as I, I draw a wheel, and I, I, every year I take this wheel and I, I sketch out like, where am I on my spiritual path? Where am I on my relationship path? Where am I on my money area? What is my fitness area look like? What is my business career look like? What is my self-development area look like? And I take all of those things and I draw a wheel and I look at it and I, I look and I say, is this wheel completely round or is there some holes and areas that I need to fill in and at that time there was a big hole in my spiritual area mm. and every time I drew the wheel it was very interesting but that area was kind of I don't need to put that area and that's not that important. This money piece over here and this other stuff is really, you know, this is what I need right now. And I was kept focusing over here. And that's where I said to you, I, the tree kept going up, yeah, but it wasn't digging in the ground. And I was out of spiritual alignment. And so everything in my life was a little bit off. So, and how did you know that? I love that you said that because that same thing happened to me and I kept doing my balance wheel, you know, professional, physical, intellectually, emotional, spiritual, kept filling it out. And then I was like, you know what, I need to find my non-negotiables that make me the happiest because I kept noticing the same thing. There was just something deep down inside me that still wasn't happy. There was still that, you know, unsettledness that was happening in my life. And I, it was the same thing. It was physical. It was working out and making sure that I staying healthy and eating healthy and working out and then spiritual. And I know for a fact that if I don't include those in my power mornings, I like to call them, that I'm a rep during the day. And I can see it in my relationships with my husband, with my kids, with my staff, with everyone around me, you know, even just driving, you know, I get angry if I'm not aligned. So, so talk to that person right now, because I think most people forget that aspect of their life, the spiritual aspect, because we're not just professional, we're spiritual too. 
And so talk about that in your mind. We're, we're mostly spiritual. And I grew up with a, um, I grew up always going to church every Sunday morning. And then I just got to a point in my life where um, it didn't ring in. It wasn't, it didn't feel like a positive component. So rather than, um, rather than actually seeking out other places and saying, well, maybe that one is just not it. And let me, let me look over here. Or I would never even think at the time to look for a great pastor or look for a great leader of, I wasn't, that wasn't even a thought. I just thought, well, this is where I went to church and I'm supposed to go here and I don't like it. And so I just avoided it altogether. And it's so interesting because I'm like this in my life with everything else. So why in this area am I shutting down? And I was, I started to ask myself some questions. Um, and we were going through the, I was going through a lot of John Maxwell training. And I remember sitting in Melissa West's class and it was um, the business blueprint. And it went, it went through like a booklet of questions on values. Mm. And I remember answering these questions and thinking like, I do value spirituality and I do value what I was brought up with. And so I started asking myself questions like, so what happened and what was missing and why is it not present in your life? And why are you resisting it? And so I just decided, I went to a Tony Robbins seminar. Oh, wow. And I was one of his five days. Of course you did, because you're a high achiever. (laughs) And it was one of his five day events. And it was, um, I'm a fire walker. So I walked on fire. Wow. And, um, And after that event was when I just decided that I was gonna get more spiritual. And I started reading all different you know, I started reading Wayne Dyer and then I started just all these different uh, spiritual books. And then when I joined the John Maxwell team, I went to the first event and I decided not to go to the service because I was challenged thinking, well, I'm here, but I'm not so sure, you know, this is a business event. And I was like, "Ah, struggling and But meanwhile, I'm really like, you know, getting in touch with myself, meditating, doing all these things. And, um, and then, so then what happened was I went to the the next event and I went to his service and I, I think I cried just listening to him speak and how he touched me. And I thought, I've never been to a church that has anybody that's even near John's teachings and what he's about. So that was it. I said, I have to find a new place to go. And really what happened was when the mold hit, I met somebody through mold. I was introduced to my fiance now through mold. And he is very serious about, you know, spirituality and his, his, he's Christian And it was just kind of like brought me closer uh, to my, to my roots. And it really changed a lot of things in my life. So I feel like for the first time in a very long time that my roots 
are strongly planted in the ground. Wow. It's so true. Yeah. You become unshakable at that moment. And so I'm so proud of you for that. And I love that you said, and and also the fact that we have to think about our teams too, because I, I always train my staff to say, Hey, you cannot leave your soul at home. Like your soul has to go with you wherever you go. And so you can't, you can't deny that area of your life. And so if you feel unsettled, anxious, depressed, things are happening to you instead of for you, look at your spiritual life and see where you're at. And so we always challenge our teams to do the same thing. And and I notice when we do that, everything changes. They become better leaders, better people. They become less emotional. And I've just watched a lot of our teams just really, really grow. And what I did is I put uh, number seven uh, because something I noticed with you, uh, Christine, is leadership is gained in the trenches and the fact that you've stayed in the trenches. And I love the fact that you still work side by side with your teams. And for me, I never want to lose touch with that. I don't want to just be a, a salon coach, but not be in the trenches at the same time, because I have to be able to feel what the people are feeling, same as my team. So I've got to be present and with my people a lot. I, obviously, I can't all the time, especially right now that we're quarantined, right? <laughs> so we're not with them, but I'm on a lot more Zoom calls than usual. So I'm really like reading my people because if you're in the trenches, you can start reading your people. Talk a minute about that too, because I love the fact that you're still there with your teams working side by side and helping to invest in them and grow in them as well. This year has been a bit challenging. Um, I've always been very close to my team, working side by side, training with them. I still really enjoy the haircutting aspect. Uh, I love, uh, you know, my love is the leadership of training programs, like, you know, really implementing training programs, understanding how to build trainers. You know, that's, that's the part I really love. So I, I do like to be hands-on. And this year and a half, since I became very sick, I wasn't able to actually be in the salon. And I realized, to be honest with you now, I realize how important it is to be in there because I've always been there. And then I couldn't be because I got really sick and I couldn't breathe in the chemicals and So it was very challenging and it was hard to connect with them in the way that I was used to connecting with them. And I always found common ground based on the fact that I, I love hair and I love what I do. And I, so I was able to always, even with the apprentices, you know, really connect and understand their passion for what they were doing and helping to raise their spirit on, you know, on those training days where they just weren't getting it or where they felt defeated. And it was so hard. I'm, I was really able to empathize because I went through that same process. Mm, oh, God. Yes. And I love that. And, and I, my definition of leadership is, is transformed people transform yeah. people so so we it's not our job to fix and change people it's our job to just fix and change ourselves and so that's where your focus has been and so have you found I know for me through the years is that I found the more I transform the more 
better comes out of me. Okay. So when I'm squeezed, does uh, orange juice actually come out yeah. the more attractive that I am? And people are like, I want that, whatever you're on, I want that. Like, I want to be a part of a team like this, that's being transformed, but it can't happen without my own vulnerability, transparency and showing my rough spots. But then I've got to change too. I can't just talk about it. I got to be about it. And so talk about that process. And what's one of the biggest things that you've seen in your own transformation that you think your team has seen that you really worked on and grown and transformed? I would say uh, one of the biggest would be that um, I'm non-reactive. I mm. don't react to situations. Uh, I'm, I, I think through making a decision differently than I would have in the past. I don't think with emotion, right? So, so emotion good. is important and I understand what I'm feeling, but I don't make decisions when I'm in that state. So uh, that would be one. There's many. Uh, the other I would say would definitely be um, I've always believed in coaching. I've always had a business coach because of going through strategies and understanding the importance of it. Because you're a high but, achiever. Yes. <laughs> but, awesome. Um, I, and I, I always, actually, I've, I've gotten my leadership team, you know, I paid for their coaching with my, with of my business you did. <laughs> So it's beautiful. Uh, and so you know, I think that it was definitely being non-reactive. Um, really, the other I would say is knowing that I can't do it all alone is a big one for me. Mm. Uh, making that turning point of not only knowing that I can't do it alone, but realizing that I need partners. And... I need bigger players to do. My big dream can't be built on just hiring people from cosmetology school and growing them because it just, it's just not going to work. I need to surround myself with people that are like-minded and have the same values. And so I would definitely say my values have shifted because I, yes, I value the craft, and at one time, though, it was the most important thing to me where it is really important, but there's just many, there's a couple other things that really need to surround that. And so I would definitely say uh, to be in alignment with your values and to go back, like taking this breather. One of the things that I went, went back to is I built a whole Trello board on on my, my vision. And I went back in each segment of my board, I went back and I put my, my vision, my mission, my objectives for the years, for the year, my goals, you know, the things that have changed, the things that I want to act on this year. And I built a whole board during this downtime of, if I could have changed anything in my business, what would those changes be? And why am I not changing them now? Because like, mm -hmm. if, if I'm gonna change them now is the time. 
Yes. And so, yeah, so I really, I started to dig into the foundation of my business and go back to, you know, I, do I need to change my, my mission statement? Do I need to reevaluate re and reassess my values? And how am I going to align my values with my team's values? Because we did that work together. Mm -hmm. And so how are we going to do this values exercise before we get back to the salon? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we need to build our, our foundation together. I love that. We're constantly reassessing our non-negotiables, we call them, and just behavior standards. And we actually, we realized through this entire process, well, I realized it, then brought it to my leadership team, that we really need to fix our communication and what that looks like. And so we need to actually spell out what gossip means because we never put it in writing. And so we had to sit down and we have this culture of uninhibited communication that breaks down walls, but what is that? So let's really talk through that process. And so we had an hour long conversation on one of our Zoom calls and there was a lot of really, a lot of breakthroughs that day. And so you could just see that the you know wheel spinning on our team and it was really wonderful. And so just like going through that process over and over and over because leaders are repeaters too and just constantly going through that process. So I put number 10, I said, um, because you said earlier too, and it's something that I love and I love the fact that you're seeing where you're transforming to Christine. And I think it's important that we all step back and say, okay, where did I transform this last quarter? And where do I need to continue to transform and really reassessing? And I have my team assess me all the time so that I can see if they see what I see and also if they see some blind spots that I don't see because we don't see everything. And you said be intentional about where you want to grow and every day spend an hour and a half in that area. So I love that. That's so cool. I'm stealing that idea. And then number 11, I said, always be a learner, always be curious. There's ne you're ne never a ceiling. And that's why I always say I'm never going to retire because I know there's always more to learn. You know, that's um, that, that some people don't realize just like influence is a skill and you can, you know, really expand on that skill. Being curious is a skill. And one of the yes. things that my, my uh, coach would always tell me is Christine, when you are coaching someone, what I want you to imagine is when you're coaching somebody to put on your curiosity hat. Mm. And so whenever you're speaking to somebody, always think, what do I need to know? What else is there? How else can I understand this person? What other questions do I need to dig down deeper? Right? So, and I feel like if we ask those questions about people, if we ask those questions about processes, if we ask those questions about you know, anything that we're learning will really discover that this is an endless possibilities to everything that we do, right? So oh, good. I think being so curious good. is a really, is a skill to definitely hone in leadership. Yeah. I love that. Instead of saying I'm coaching somebody, I'm going to be curious with them. And I love the fact that you said being curious is a skill and something that I really been learning through this whole quarantine is how to expand my empathy. Mm -hmm. And so just really, truly honoring people and kind of figuring out where they're at exactly. Instead of thinking that they should be here, let's meet them where they're at and help them 
to challenge them to go to just a shift instead of expecting them to shift like 10 steps up, you know, like how about just one step and how can I be that person to be able to help them that challenger, be a people challenger. When we do anything that's challenging, we have to prep ourselves and preparing yourselves to be that is important. And I believe that goes to your, how you start your day and how are you talking to yourself the moment you wake up? Like that was a big indication for me that I was waking up and I was waking up telling myself some not so nice things. (laughs) And, you know, I was waking up and I wasn't feeling like I was an encourager. And I felt like I was pouring from an empty cup. And how could I go in and empower my team? And how can I go in and I could feel all, you know, lift them up or lift my kids up if I'm depleted. And Mm -hmm. so... You know, I think it all starts with how do you pour into yourself first? And because part of your morning routine is getting in state, is getting into your, it's like, how are you going to clothe yourself in the morning? You're, you're not going to put on your worst attire when you go to work. You're not going to go in your drawers and you're going to pull out your, you know, the, you're going to dress horribly. No, you're going to dress great on the outside, but you got to dress great on the inside too. So, you know, how are you going to start to, to dress great on the inside? And that's going to come from, you know, what are you, what are you saying to yourself in the morning? What are you putting into your mind? You know, what are you reading? what's happening, you know, in that moment that you're reading, you're transforming every morning Mm. because you're intaking new information and we're reprogramming our mind. Wow. So how do you want to reprogram your mind? So good. Okay. Here's what I put. So good. Get into the state you need to become. That's how you walk on fire. See, it was, it's a mind thing. Yeah. And so starting out power mornings, I'm going to, I'm going to call it the power mornings, the three P's prepping yourself, pouring into yourself and programming your mind. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so good at this girl. This is so good. Okay. So, and then I put down, this is the one thing that I think that, that John Maxwell has taught us is one is too small a number to achieve greatness. Oh, and yeah. I think five, only 5% of people are reaching their dreams. And I believe it's because they're not partnering with the right people. They're trying to do life alone. They're trying to build a company by themselves. And every great company will tell you that they went on their shirt tails of somebody else that led the way, no matter what, there's always somebody before them or they partnered with them. And I know I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for John Paul DeJoria and Wynn Claybaugh, you know, instilling in me, believing in me and me, you know, stalking them and being a part of their company, I would not be where I am today. And same as John Maxwell, I would not be where I am today. So talk a little bit about that, why, why people should not be doing life alone. Uh, well, I, I will tell you, this is one area where I, for I got off course and I so I learned a lot from this area because when I was with Vidal Sassoon I was surrounded by people great thinkers people that wanted to be excellent at their craft and so 
when you do that, you become better, right? So everyone around you is, is pouring into each other and you're all passionate and you're, so when you're a salon owner, what happens is, you know, you're, you're taking people and you're training them for me. I trained everyone from cosmetology school. And so one by one, I would train them. I didn't hire anybody with followings. I didn't hire anyone with clients. I didn't want, I wanted to groom my own team. So every single person came from cosmetology school and I trained them. But what I was thinking at a certain time was that they were going to get to where I was. And then I was where we're going to like grow, which is great. But that's a long time away. (laughs) When you're taking somebody from cosmetology school and waiting for them to get all this experience so that you guys can grow together. That's a lot of years. So why not? partner with people that you know are like-minded and have the same destination in mind that, you know, they want to be the best that they could be. And I found that when I went to the John Maxwell program, I found that, you know, when I really started to get, when I started to pour myself out on videos and pour into other people online, that's when I really started to find my tribe again, because I got out there I wasn't hiding in my environment. You know, I, I, I started spending time in other organizations where big thinkers hung out. And uh, yeah, so of that's- Of course you did. Because <laughs> you're a high achiever and we all need to be a high achiever. And I, I love these 13 steps that we talked about, which is so amazing. And I love the fact that we've started a partnership with other John Maxwell coaches yeah. Uh, now teaching, um, doing masterminds with like-minded people. We have so many salon owners. It's it's really incredible. I'm really enjoying this latest mastermind, developing the leader within you 2.0 with John C. Maxwell. So so talk a little bit about the masterminds that we're doing, and then what else is next for you, and how can people get a hold of you? Okay. Well, the masterminds that we are doing, um, I really have this vision of being able to, um, to partner with, you know, Tina and a group of us from the John Maxwell team, because I really do believe that leadership is key. And leadership has helped me so much. And I do believe this is the competitive edge. I mean, you, you know, a lot of times people are comparing their skill and saying this person is over here doing this and this. It's not about that. It's about growing yourself so that you could pour and serve other people. That's what it's about. And if you want to set yourself apart and you want to differentiate yourself, it's about getting better and it's about growing and transforming yourself. Because when you do that, I just really feel like you have such, I have such a different perspective of you know, I don't have a competitiveness, not to say I'm, I am competitive, but not in a, in a way of insecurity. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm self-competitive, but I'm competitive in a way that I want to grow together with people and I want to lift people up. And so I feel like this leadership journey just changes your perspective and it really allows you to think differently. And so um, this, the, the uh, masterminds that we're doing, um, we're going to do them. We're going to roll them out every several weeks. So this one that we're doing right now will be five weeks. 
And then we're going to take a break for about a week and a half, two weeks, and then we'll roll right into the 15 invaluable laws of growth. And then after that, we'll roll into um, maybe possibly Today Matters. That's a one that I'm really excited about. And that book. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. That's all, all your foundation right there. So, um, yeah, because leadership's a process. It's not an event. It's not like you can go to an event. And that's why I think masterminds work. And I love yeah. doing online masterminds because it's so much easier than do, trying to do something in person, taking away so much time. You know, it's like going to the gym, half an hour to get there, then you work out half an hour to get home. Yeah. <laughs> so online is so much better for sure. So, yeah. And so what's what's next for you, Christine? And how can people get a hold of you to hire you as their coach? Okay, so what's next for me is um, I am really growing my online company right now. So I'm doing membership programs, uh, coaching, uh, group coaching programs, and uh, leadership programs. Um, I'm also working on a, a, a training modules right now so that it will help salon owners to train and develop their trainers. So um, really like how do you develop leaders and how do you develop trainers so that those of you that are really passionate about doing hair, it's wonderful, but you need to replicate yourself. And so how do you do that? So I'm working on a program right now for that. And wow. so you're amazing. You sure have come a long way from a little girl to <laughs> where you are now. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so proud to be partnered with you as well too, Christine. Oh, it's a, it's amazing journey, Tina. And, and I know with the John Maxwell team and the JMT beauties that we're going to do some amazing <laughs> things together. Yes, our um, beauty school, we're all leadership. <laughs> F-U-L-L. Uh, so what's the best way to get a hold of you? Is it Instagram, Facebook? Do you have a website? Yeah, so uh, Facebook is Christine Zelensky. Same with Instagram. And I have a uh a website, uh, christinezelinski.com and also salonconcrete.com. Salonconcrete.com. I love it. Very good, Christine. I love you so much. Thank you for doing this. Oh, you are so welcome, Tina. I love being here. I love you. And this is a wonderful thing that you're doing for the community. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.